pandemic. It's that docu series about um, you know, like it was like, I think it was post World War One where a lot of folk um, there was like a really bad strain of influenza and fucking thousands of folk died. So it's like folk investigating uh, burial grounds and investigating yeah, okay. like what actually happened in that. So I was like, oh, I mean, it looks kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know about that. Um, but yeah, so we were talking about that, and I was just saying how. He'd, he's he's the one that said to me you should watch Messiah and I was like I thought the ending was quite muddled if I'm honest they've left it open ended which I, I think leaves the whole perspective of the show I thought that was a one and done but I watched the trailer for that and just thought it looked garbage it's not it, it's it's interesting enough but if you're a skeptic like we are immediately like he's fucking at it he is not the fucking saviour and then just he's just a very naughty boy oh, I know when he died fuck um uh, but yeah, it's just that way. Like immediately, I'm like, no, he's fucking at it. At no point am I like, is he the Messiah? Like he's yeah. fucking at it. And then what? He the way they end the the show, they're like, well, is he at it? And I'm like, no, I don't buy yeah, that. He's, he's totally at it. I don't buy that. So, so we need to make a decision. Are we starting the show like this with that bad audio because you guys started talking about relevant stuff, or do we cut this bit out? And do a proper intro. Oh, well, I don't. I don't mind, man. Do whatever. Whatever you want to do, Paco. How a, how unbearable do you think the start of that was there with like people not being sitting down, making noise, eating stuff next to the mic? Yeah, it's cold open. It's cold open. Nothing against cold open. Mm-hmm. Hey, well, you know, we've never really been known for professionalism. This is Raptors in the Kitchen. It is the 22nd of January 2020. Is this the first one we've done this year? Uh, yes. Yes, well, because we've done one in Hugmanay. Has was that actually been three weeks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Holy well, shit. Well, yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. So I am Paco Rodriguez. I'm joined by Neil McCulloch. Good evening. And Tommy Vass. Evening. Assuming that this evening you listen to this, maybe yeah, it, it might be the middle of the morning. Yeah, who knows? That is you may be the on magic your, of podcasts. You might be on your way to work in your it's, car. It's evening somewhere. <clears throat> did you guys enjoy Hogwarty? Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. Um, Craig Balnave seemed to really enjoy our show. Yeah, with uh, me getting I, more and more drunk. <laughs> I don't know. Wait, have, have you checked? Uh, I haven't listened. The likes that. and the listens and that. Uh, no, we, we've had a. Well, actually, I didn't realize it'd been three weeks. I don't know why that didn't click when I was looking at the stats. But in the past week, we've had a uh, fifteen people from America, mm. two well, people from Slovakia. See, when you said uh, you hadn't realized it was two weeks, I'm not gonna lie, you nailed the date first time, and you don't really do that. Well, yeah, that's because uh, did something happen? Like, have you got like, is there a game coming out that you know that's that's why you know that date? You no, because no, everything's just delayed. Everything's. I'll, I'll give you some. I'll give you some uh, insider. Is it inside baseball? Is that what they say? Yeah, inside, inside baseball. Yeah. yeah, is that the, is that a yeah. term? Seems like a very American term. But, well, uh, it is because it's inside baseball. baseball. Yeah, inside, inside baseball, baseball is a very American term. Yeah. Some behind the scenes, some uh, insider, some, some trade secrets. All oh, right, right, right. Well, you know, how, um, how the sausage is made. 
Yeah, so the reason I know the date is because part of my job is supposed to be endorsing letters that I can't deliver. This would probably get me the sack. Maybe I'm going to cut this, I don't know. Or just maybe, maybe you know. Yeah, but normally I don't do it. Whereas, like the <laughs> they have like this is getting cut. Yeah, they've, they've kind of <laughs> cracked, you've just made this job uh, longer for yourself. They've, they've cracked down. What's well, the time on code it. on that? <laughs> Four minutes. So they're, they're being quite stringent about making sure that things are endorsed and things are stickered and all that stuff. So I've seen the date about twenty times today, which is why. Why didn't you it. just say I'm a postie and I've seen the date many a times? Why did you have because to? Because I've been a postie the entire time we've been recording this show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you could <laughs> just be like today for some reason or whatever. But no, he's like me. I'm, I I'm am not... confident that not only does nobody in management know that I do this podcast, oh but they definitely do not listen to the podcast. And you're going to delete this anyway. So Unfortunately, move on. I think I'm going to keep it in. Yeah, uh, he's too lazy to do that. Thanks to Andy Connor, sake, uh, a bunch of people in work now know about the podcast, though, and I think a few of them do actually listen, which is exceedingly Delete uncomfortable. Delete this shit, for <laughs> fuck's sake. But to be fair, like, they're postmen as well, so they're yeah. probably just as useless as you are. More so, <laughs> in a lot of cases. Right. <laughs> Jesus. So, uh, how are you guys doing? I did my jo- job very adequately and don't wish to... Uh, very adequately? Yeah. But no, everything's been fine. Uh, we've watched... Well, there's been quite a lot of films we haven't discussed. I'm trying to think of the ones we didn't discuss in Hogmanay. Um, oh, we'll get to that. Aye. But yeah, that's it, man. Just usual. Uh, we played darts uh, at the Raven. That was fun. Uh, what else has been happening? It's not been snowing, which is good. Apparently that's imminent. They've been saying that for weeks. Mm. They always do. And then there was that time, was it in March, where it was like fucking, we were stuck. We were proper like, it was an expert, it was like a proper survival test to get to Asda. Remember that? No. Is that not two years ago? Oh, it might have been two years ago. Yeah, because I was still on uh, Axley Street when that happened. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Um, Yeah. Uh, The Rumble's on this Sunday. Uh, it looks as if the, the Chiefs are going to win the uh, the Super Bowl. Are they? Fuck, mate. You uh, get a grip of yourself that bullshit, chat. Uh, you, you've had a birthday. Happy oh, birthday, yeah. Tommy Vass. Well, that was ages ago. Your mum's had a birthday. Yeah, Happy your mum's had a birthday. Yeah, my mum's had a birthday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Belneve is about to have a birthday in two days' time. Tomorrow. Is it tomorrow? I think it's tomorrow. Yeah. January is the worst month to have a birthday, honestly. Happy birthday, Craig. It is the worst month. Everybody... It's the, it feels like it's the longest month of the year and nobody could be fucked doing anything. Although, we did go out for chicken, which was great. I think this is flu by. Uh, it's been, it's felt like a it bit feels, of a yeah. I don't know, it's, it feels a bit slow. Always does. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah, my mum had a birthday, that was lovely. Um, got her a, got her a nice wee, like, I, I still play words with friends with my mum. So I got a, a like, thing that says, like, mum... Uh, it was like a really sweet message, but it was in like Scrabble letters, and she really appreciated that. Did just say mum? It said mum, not only a friend, but you know, it had this really, really sweet message. A big sick. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> you know what he doesn't want to say is it said not only a friend, but a lover. Ooh. That's weird. Yeah, that is weird, man. I'm fairly sure I didn't say that. Uh, <laughs> How many points did you get for it? Oh, no, it, it said, it said <laughs> that's what it was. It was something like M U M, and the point is like this is only three points. Uh, 
it only spit it only gives you three points in the game, but it's like your love is uh, an eternity. How many brownie like points does it give you? Oh, you're right. You're really selling it. Well, I don't know, man. <laughs> uh, it was that. I was nice. Like she really fucking loved it. I was like, that's great. Did you get your mum any disappointing gifts for her birthday? Did you get your mum any gifts? <laughs> did you? I, nope. I, actually, I don't think I did. No. Wait a minute. Did I? I mean, you went through for a meal, but was that it? Was that on her birthday, though? I think that was before her birthday. Mm. My mum, though, is really, really difficult to buy anything for. So, like, I Everybody's mum is. I end up just buying her gin, like, every time. That's, you go with a safe bet. You go with a safe bet. Well, gin is a very safe bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, with my mum, it's always, like, Thornton's uh, toffee. She really likes Thornton's chocolate. Mm. Even though it's, it's all right. It's Fortin, well, there is a couple, I suppose, left in time, but Fortin seems to be a, a company that seems to be disappearing. Yeah, a dying chocolatier. Mm. I wonder uh, why that is. I think, like, your posh things like Hotel Chocolates and so that are kind Lint. of taken over and Lint. Kind of Lint seems to be the new Thorntons. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Uh, people aren't here for chocolate news. Well, actually, you know, uh, this is all we talk yeah. about for about an hour yeah. before we what stuff we like to eat and what stuff like we like to drink and stuff. So it keeps people here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> as you made that uh, we kind of quip earlier or um, reference. Uh, unfortunately, Terry Jones died today. Um, so <clears throat> yeah, that was a. I mean, to be fair, he, he, he had a good innings, but yeah, Terry Jones of Monty Python. Yeah, anybody. Yeah. I'd imagine if you're listening to this movie podcast, you pretty much should know. Maybe not. Guys. You can You can't just assume. It's no, but the Monty Python's Life of Brian, and it's just you, you can't get away from what Monty Python is. Uh, I'm not. I'm not the biggest fan. I. I still am not really. I'm fan of Life of Brian. I don't see what the fuss is. I think Holy Grail's better. I agree with you on that. Though but Holy Grail is better. I still, it appeals to me more. Yeah, but I still am not like like I would never say. Oh my god, it's a masterpiece. I've never been. Really, that height. Same with the TV show. I think's got some really good sketches, but I don't know. Uh, I, but I, I can't really, deny their influence on future like comedy. Yeah, acts I, and I really like the Monty Python stuff. Um, <clears throat> it's the right level of of absurd. Yeah, I know. I know. My taste. Yeah, I know. You you so like it. Hits me quite. I get quite happy about it. I saw like in amongst all the uh, people sharing that he's died on mm. Facebook, kind of just you know, uh, or whatever somebody had posted. A, a picture of him, an oil painting of him naked playing a piano. That's pretty funny. Uh, it's ridiculous. It was good. Uh, Holy Grail is good. One of the best endings to a film you'll ever see yeah. as well. Is you yeah. don't you do not see it coming. Yeah. Even when you see the first shot of them coming over the hill and like Teddy Gillingham is clapping two coconuts together because they couldn't afford horses. I think that was that's a great joke. But the ending is fucking excellent as well. Um, but yeah, well, you been up to Neil. Oh, since last we all spoke to the good listeners. You've been in like the hospital at Um well no. Is that what you want to talk I, about? <laughs> well I was in I was in that car crash before Christmas. Yeah. Uh oh, which, and, and, uh, which we touched upon when you made me laugh on New Year's Eve and mm-hmm. I was very sore. Yeah. Um They and, denied him Robocop <laughs> surgery. <laughs> <laughs> and denying me Robocop surgery for fucking years, man. And yet still fed him baby food. He's chasing that dream. Um so after after the New Year's Eve podcast, as a few more days and in extreme agony, and then it kind of stopped being as sore. Yeah. So I've been back at work. Um, the pain still a wee bit there, but not as much. Mm. Uh, 
We've been working away. Uh, get told last week that my granddad had two weeks to live. Damn. Uh, yeah, uh, this morning get told it's more likely he'll probably be dead by the weekend. Fuck, man, that's hard. Uh, oh, it's, it's been a long time coming. Like, he's been in the hospital all, over, all through Christmas mm. and kind of deteriorating. Still tough to hear it, that, It's man. tough, and I think, like, with the car crash, with it being so close to Christmas, <clears throat> uh, being in pain kind of set me back, because I remember I'd fallen down the stairs. Yeah, yeah. I'd oh, only yeah, yeah. kind of just got back to full fitness after that, and kind of back into a good place mentally, that I kind of worked out the other day that I'm actually probably really depressed. Right. And you want this left in the fucking yeah, podcast? Fucking, I've probably said, I've talked about stupid stuff in this. Uh, and that I've just not really been, I've been kind of too focused on trying to get back to a good place in work and uh, stuff like that that I've not really had time to kind of really yeah. deal with things properly. Uh is there any way you could take more time off work, or is that like a total no go now? No, I'm I'm having accepted that I am depressed. It's easier for me just to go about my normal daily business and move up from that. If I was off work, I'd just sit in the house, smoke too much weed, and eat far too much, and that's pretty much what's taken me to where I am because mm-hmm. I had those two weeks off. So yeah. uh, I had no idea, man. Like I kind of hope you. I kind of had an inkling when I seen that you and Jenny were kind of having a a shared moment about Simpsons uh, uh, quotes, but it was uh, it was it started off with like oh depression a wave I it was like a meme about depression and the two years were kind of getting the chat about that and I was like oh man that's cool but I post depression means all the time because I think you're funny of the course yeah yeah but like I'd say be more worried when I'm not all right but ah yeah no that. That that mean actually was I think was a a good way of describing how I'd kind of come to the conclusion. Mm. Uh, yeah. I'd, I'd just let everything. I'd kind of pushed everything down mm-hmm. just because I didn't want to be my usual. Because I'm always depressed at Christmas. For some, I've in the past five six years, every Christmas has always been something like with my, my knee, and my arthritis, and stuff like that, and my when it was in my ankle as well. That mm. uh, it's always kind of, I've always been kind of a, on a low ebb. Right. Uh, and I just, I didn't want to be that guy again this year. Mm. And I think, see if it hadn't been for the car crash, mm. I wouldn't have been that guy. Right. Mm. That was, I can put that to the catalyst of, mm. that's when I started to properly go down. Right. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. So Nazis, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. Don't really know how it naturally yeah, progressed no, from that. There's no real kind of. Oh wait, I you, you you tagged me in a film that I hadn't seen, Warlock. And then, oh, I Warlock. And then your brother's like, I seen that the other day. And it's still brilliant. And I was like, man, going by that trailer, I'm like, I doubt it's still brilliant. I, I meant but maybe to... it maybe had its time. So that's the at one some point where Richard it, E. Grant, yeah, Ju- yeah. Ju- Julian Sands is a warlock, and like I think it's like 18. So. Ye olde England. Yeah. Uh, and he travels through time to modern day New York. Mm-hmm. And Richard D. E. Grant's like the, the witch hunter that was trying to find him. He also jumped through the portal. 
So it's um, what accent's he doing? There's times where I think he goes, he's the American ago, and then he just goes with his natural kind of middle well, class a, England. I think. I think it actually might not be the old England. It might be kind of like Salem kind of witch trials. Oh, so it's that kind of Massachusetts. Yeah, so it's that kind of mixed American kind of right. Is this a Terminator ripoff with magic? Yeah, I think it's It's it feels like the same idea, right? Like two people come through time. Like I mean, it's not for an assassination attempt, I guess. Like that woman. No, no, he's. he's, He's, he's trying to open like there's another a, portal which brings a, hell to Earth. Or there's a book, like, like he's after a book. Yeah, um, like there's a bit in it where he goes and sees he go, uh, Julian Sands goes to a fortune teller who actually has power, so he takes out her eyes. And through the film, it's like in God of War. Natch. It's like God of War Three, where he's got Helios's yeah, head. Yeah, yeah, right. He uses his eyes as a kind of guide to where he's going. Uh, he I, doesn't like salt. Yeah. Or cats. That that's a the, the salt thing is a is an old witch thing, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's just a it warns off a witches. Where, this is like I haven't seen this movie in like maybe twenty or more years. Mm. Where the fuck was it out? Um, Nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. There's a part in it where he manages to grab the woman's choker, and somehow that makes it so that he can turn her old. That sounds familiar. Mm. Yeah. When I've seen the trailer for it, and even the poster, it looks like it's more of a Highlander ripoff. Yeah, it seems this. Got a lot like, of Highlander yeah, feel to it. It looks like it looks. It, it kind of has that cheap ladies mm-hmm. look to it. There's the whole magic element. Yeah, yeah like I, that's what, when I watched that immediately, I was like, and then I seen like the actual poster. I was like, oh, that. that so you never seen this film? No, like it, it's just something that's like I. I I've never heard it. I meant to ask man or where he'd actually seen it recently. Uh, well, oh no, recently. Yeah. Okay. For some reason though, that's I think we must have watched that a couple of times when I was a kid because that is that film has stuck with me my yeah. entire life. It's, which, it's one that every now and again I just think of for like no reason in particular. Yeah. I remember the ending as well, but I'm not going to spoil it, even though that was 30 fucking one years ago. <laughs> yeah. No, like, I mean, I, I would watch that, but, like, I, I you'd have to be in the mood to watch it, I guess. How, how did you get it? Oh, uh, no, it was um, one of the pages on Facebook that pops yeah. up in my feed. It was released cult, this year, uh, 30 odd years ago. Cult. Yeah. Um, I'd put the trailer up because it'd come out like this month uh, in mm. 1989. All right, so you haven't actually watched the movie? You oh, just... no, I've not watched it in ages. I've, I yeah. haven't seen it since I was probably a teenager. Aye. It, was, it would have been 91 that came out on video. So mm. I would have been 11 when I saw that. Mm. And I've probably not seen it since. Yeah, I, th- I think you said, I haven't seen it since I was 11. Yeah. I was like, all right. But yeah, just I, I'm surprised I didn't know about it because in saying that, I still haven't seen Ladyhawk, and that's Lady like Hawk, a good round about that time. Yeah. I'm like, what's Ladyhawk? Ladyhawk is Michelle Pfeiffer, Rutger Hauer, and Matthew Broderick. Um, it's a fantasy, kind of medieval fantasy, where uh, Rutger Hauer is a, a knight, <clears throat> Michelle Pfeiffer is his bird, uh, and at night time, Michelle Pfeiffer turns into an owl. Is it not a hawk? Uh, yeah, a hawk. It. Sorry, she's, yeah. The, she's the lady hawk. Yeah, <laughs> and I think does Rutger Hauer not turn into like a wolf or something like that? I I've not I've not and, seen um, him. Um, and Matthew Broderick's uh, cast. <laughs> he's he's ta- he's tasked with looking after Michelle Pfeiffer for yeah. Is really... it set in like medieval times? Yeah, yeah. Because I I figured it was piggybacking off like like your never ending story, your legend, yeah. that kind of fantasy. 
uh, I mean, it sounds shit though. It sounds like a it sounds like a mid eighties fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the same as I've still not seen Crawl, and I think that's Crawl again is. It's kind of a Star Wars ripoff. <laughs> I mean, a lot of them were. Even like when you watch Masters of the Universe, you're like, clearly they're trying to make Star Wars here because, like, even the even Skeletor's like fucking uh, that they do look like stormtroopers. Yeah. Even his troopers look like just Star Wars ripoffs. Crawl's yeah. alright. Give Crawl if you can find it. Give Crawl a watch. It's, right. it's dumb. Is that not a line from Space? No, it's Hawk the Slayer. He's talking. No, no, he says, yeah, he says, like, why don't we like set aside our differences and just give Crawl a try or something? Does he not? I think he says. I think Bill Bailey says that him and his dad have. It's like it's, I guess him and his dad have this. He's like, let's let's set our differences aside and give Hawk the Slayer another try. But Crawl does get no, mentioned. No, 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 like. Hopelessly, or gets mentioned, but like I think at that point it's Crawl. He says, "Let's give Crawl a try." It's Crawl because remember the whole joke being like, uh, "Fuck it!" Like you get someone in to replace Simon Pegg, and then he likes something, but the other guy doesn't, and then he's like, "Get out!" kind of thing. Aye, Whereas, and then Simon, Simon Pegg is like, "Babylon Five is a big pile of shit," and then he leaves, and Aye. they go back to it's ho- he, that. That guy, the fake Simon Pegg, says, "Hopelessly, it is rubbish," and then Bill Bailey goes, "Get right. out!" Right? Okay. Right, I thought it was it. There is a jibe at Crawl somewhere there, though. Yeah, it's been a while. But Things yeah. I remember about Crawl. There is a five-pointed kind of throne disc thing with spikes. It's like maybe organic, yeah. and at some point there's a cyclops. Yeah, that's it. And he goes. There's a bit in Crawl where he goes to get wisdom off, like get knowledge off this woman who's like a witch, but she's also like a spider woman. Right. Oh fucking hell, man! What was there? What was like I tagged you in? And again, it was like a like this was like subpar eighties trash. And it was about the it's like about a, a band. Oh, and Miami, Miami. Miami. It's like Miami, Miami, something. Miami Connection. Aye. Uh, and it's like a rock band who I don't. I think they are ninjas, and they have to fight against like this biker gang, and. Like I, I watched the clip and I was like, "Man, this is my kind of shit." Yeah. Is the martial arts good? I do not. There was do a, know the, the clip. Only... The clip doesn't have it because the yeah. clips the the band playing the music. Yeah, I think yeah. the band are called Dragon, and uh, they just, just Dragon. I, but they're they're in like karate outfits whilst they're doing the the guitar and the drums and the performance. It's uh, it it looks like like dog shit but like you know kind of like a, a no retreat no surrender kind yeah, of dog shit did, you, did, you, enjoy, movie. did you enjoy Three Ninjas when you were a kid oh I like I bet that Wait, movie I, fucking blows right like that must be fucking terrible I, I think I aged out of the Three Ninjas movies yeah there was, and was watching proper ninja movies oh, like that at, at that age anything that had people being kicked or punched yeah, like there I was, was three well ninjas and then there was like Three Ninjas Ride Again or something Kick Back Kick Back that's it and then there's Beverly Hills Ninja with Chris Farley. There's another few ninjas. Entirely I'm sure there's thing. another few ninjas. Yeah, no, but there was like a... Some at Mountain something. Aye, but there was like a point in like the late 80s, early 90s where like, you know, having a martial arts uh, movie was like, whether it be a comedy or one, it just, there seemed to be this kind of eat of it. I mean like, yeah. Because I, it can, I don't know if it started off with it's certainly in the eighties. It's like your no, yeah, 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 yeah like your, yeah, your no retreat, no surrender, and then you had like the cry kid, O'Brien, Chain O'Brien, the teenage mutant ninja turtles, the were turtles, like yeah, doing doing the rounds about that time, like yeah, 80s. and Van Damme like was doing like blood sport and things like that. Um, 
yeah. So what and even in for no reason at all, purely as a cultural reference, a guy in a Nightmare on Elm Street Part Four knows karate, and it it, it serves no yeah. purpose. Do you remember one of Kim Bowers' boyfriends does karate to save her, and then gets his legs removed? Yes, yes, <laughs> I do. I think that was season two of Twenty Four. Is yeah, because is season it not two or season? Yeah, because by season three she's with Chase, who I, also tries to save her and ends up losing his hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? Che- is it? Is what? She's the worst thing. Yeah, like just, I'm trying to think. Like, she would just, just do what she was told. Yeah. Actually, I think she's the second worst thing because Chloe was the worst thing. Her face was always tripping her. She always, she always had a bit of an attitude. Chloe was like, annoying. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but is I'm trying to think because what's the one where yeah he, ha- he has to put the the device in a fridge and it contains the explosion. That's that's three, right? Is oh, that no, the is one, that four? Is actually? that is that the one where thing he gets his hand chopped aye, off, aye, right? Because I'm trying to think why because he the puts guy his gets... hand in the the fridge, like his, he's handcuffed to the aye. the device, and like he has to is it is it the fridge or is it a fish tank? No, it's some, he's he's handcuffed to something. Yeah, but like, and then Jack has to put it in like a fridge, and it contains the explosion. Yeah, but it's because it's a it's not like dynamite; it's it's a that, gas or something. Yeah, it's like a yeah. It's a virus that's in powder form and they don't want it to go airborne and yeah. I'm pretty sure that they put it in a fish tank, not a refrigerator. Though I'm not 100% sure on that. Yeah. It would make more sense to put it in water. Mm. Yeah. Well, something something happens. Staffed. It's 24. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, Kim, yeah. Kim Bauer, she's just been I'm jacked. Sure, I'm sure some of these constitutional rights were being abused. A lot of well, there was a, there was a lot of illegal shit going on in twenty four, but because it's like you know, yay USA, it was fine. What was your favorite martial arts thing from the eighties slash nineties? What as a movie? Yeah, I got several, man. I, I can't really, I couldn't really pick. Um, you've got like Bloods. Well, you get the Cry Kid. Um, I'll say trilogy. Um, even though the third one's not really that good. Um, but I like Bloodsport. Uh, I, I like I watched Bloodsport on Christmas morning. Yeah, and it made me happy. Yeah, I like Bloodsport, uh, Kickboxer, um, even some of Seagal's shit like Hard to Kill, Marked for Death. Seagal's got a good Seagal's yeah. got a good run. Yeah, like, like Neat Nico up up until on Deadly Ground. Aye, it's like he's, post he's Under fine. Siege. Yeah. He's kind of like right. Well, we we've had enough of your shit uh, on Deadly Ground. Uh, I watched that. Um, a wee while back, and fuck me, man, that is a that's that is a travesty of a what film. Was, what's the one? It's like. No, it's not near dark because that's like a John Carpenter film or something. That's not a John Carpenter. It's a, that's a vampire Catherine movie, Bigel. but it's a Catherine Bigelow movie. What's the one he done that was like a vampire flick? Oh, that was just John Carpenter's vampires. No, no, Seagal. Oh, fuck. we watched it. We watched it in Brooklyn yeah. Street ages ago. It was shit. Oh. Like it was already at the point where like he's quite blatantly like, his proper on his hair. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know. Because like in Mark for Death, there's like voodoo magic at some point. Um, but no, I couldn't tell you that. But yeah, what's your favourite one round about that, Ida? The China O'Brien movies always stick out. Yeah. Cynthia Northrock is you say like the but best you say human who ever lived. You say that like they, they stick in your mind, but I mean, yeah, are they the best? Yeah. No, they're they're great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My nan really liked China O'Brien for some reason. Against the dark. Against the dark. Yeah. That was shit. Yeah, it's a bullshit movie. Mm. But yeah, he. That's two thousand and nine. Which is there one Jeez. like run about that area uh, era even that was like something to do with the like, roses, like something to do with the rose. Mm. 
Who, Seagal? Aye. Fuck, I don't know when. I think I watched one of them with Pauline as well one night. They might have like maximum, maximum title, Pistol or Marine. <laughs> that seems oh, to be Seagal saying. I don't remember. I can't see one. Renegade of Justice. He is a total joke. Mercenary for Justice. Hmm. Urban justice. Yeah, justice isn't. Yeah. Is he going for the, uh, the uh, helicopter series naming convention there? <laughs> <laughs> Jungle justice and desert justice next. Mm. Probably wouldn't. I used to, you talk about like Desert Strike or that? Mm. Oh, they were, they were good, good games. Yeah, yeah they were good games. Them. Well, fantastic. Um, yeah. When we start talking about movies. I feel like the conversations ran dry already. Aye. You guys are rubbish. Mm. Well, what have you been doing, Barbara? Nothing, man. Going to the gym, which is like worse than boring. It's like watching negative, Japanese stuff. Negative fun. Watching a lot of Japanese stuff. Yeah. I, I'll leave that to later on. Later on? Like, or actually, let's get it out of the way right now. Like, I, I got a loan of a movie of, of a workmate called Love Exposure. I, is that which, an erotic thriller? Have you read the case then, Tommy? Uh, no, but just... <laughs> like, I I'm believe totally, that's the, the first couple of words. I am totally going purely by that title. Uh, I, yeah, like, so I was hesitant to turn it on because uh, I was fearful that it would be just a lot of Japanese perverted bullshit. Like, and, uh, China, like Channel 5 porn, but Japanese? Pretty much. Right. And, and is um, it that? I mean, it's... How many tentacles are there? None yet, <laughs> though... Oh, you haven't watched all of it? It's four hours long. Wow. And I watched the first two hours of it in one sitting and then realised that it wasn't going to wrap up anytime soon so like I turned it off and I've only just started watching more of it today but then Neil came round. Mm. But rather than feeling like a movie it feels like it is an entire season of a TV show in the running time of a movie because it seems to dramatically change what it's about every 20 to 40 minutes. Mm. So it starts off where there's a Japanese Christian priest who like falls in love with this like woman who happens to be at one of his uh, sermons, and then like she leaves him, and it kind of breaks him a bit, and he starts like demanding that his son confesses his sins, but like his son doesn't have any sins to confess, mm. but the dad like won't accept that as an answer. So he's like the son starts originally lying about committing sins so that he can f- confess them to his dad. Right. But then eventually his dad kind of cottons out the fact that he's lying. So his son starts committing sins in order to confess to his dad. That sounds very much like it could be anime. Yeah, yeah. but it's not anime. It's a live action yeah. movie. Uh, but then from there, it gets to the point where he starts to really enjoy sinning. The son this is. And uh, the dad starts getting disgusted with him because of the stuff he's doing. Because he develops a martial art that allows him to take panty shots, upskirt panty shots of women with a camera, uh, which involve nunchucks, <laughs> remote control cars, and cameras on a yo yo. Uh, uh, wow. Japan, everybody. And then from there, he forms like a group who all go about being perverted and uh, taking panty pics. Uh, until it gets to the point where they have competitions to see who can take the most perverted panty pick and he loses a bet where he has to dress up as a woman and uh, kiss a girl he likes in public. But then it turns out 
that he falls in love with that woman. Uh, while well, she's dressed as a woman. Well, yeah, while well, he's dressed as a woman. Uh, and they kind of have a big fight because she's been harassed at the time and like, he kind of saves her. But she thinks he's a woman and he runs away before it's revealed he's a guy. And then it's about him keeping up the pretense of being a woman the entire time when he's actually a guy, but he's in love with her. But then she becomes a lesbian and she's only in love with the female version of him. And then it gets more complicated because like they end up... And you're only halfway through this. Halfway through. What the it just fuck? Keeps, it just, it keeps, just keeps going. going. It just, <laughs> so now we're at a point where like some kind of weird uh, alternate religious... like. I don't know even how to describe her like woman that like who he took a picture of her pants at one time like uh, she's kind of blackmailing him but at the same time is also saying to the woman that he loves that she's the one that rescued her mm-hmm. and it's just like a big clusterfuck it's, it's weird but it is actually really really funny it's one of the funniest like Japanese things I've ever seen it's not just like out and out like it's funny because it actually has good writing and good comedy Mm. not funny because you're looking at going what the fuck Japan but it also has a lot of what the fuck Japan moments in it Um, looking forward to finishing that the soundtrack's really good the performance is really good Uh, that's the only I think like major Japanese thing I've watched since the last time we spoke on the show I've still been watching the Japanese Big Brother, which continues to be more and more just about six Japanese people <laughs> who want to bang each other. Uh, yeah, so that's the Japan section out of the way. I tried to get over as fast as possible. I apologise for people who have no interest in this shit. Well, I finished JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Diamond is an Unbreakable. And you enjoyed it? And I enjoyed it. That, uh, that show... Lives up to the fucking name. Yeah, I, like... Um, it was a season <clears throat> which... I've kind of watched more in bits than anything else. I've not been kind of main, like hardcore in my way through it as I did with the past three. Maybe because I'll be a bit burnt out with the past three. Uh, but that Diamonds is Unbreakable reaches a crescendo, which is both bonkers and hilarious yeah. and absurd in a way that fits the story it's, they're telling on that. It's impressive that even four seasons of this in they still manage to change things up enough that it doesn't just yeah. feel like they're rehashing stuff. Because, I mean, like, this could not be any more of a different ending to the end of season two yeah. where they're launched into the upper atmosphere <laughs> on a volcano and he stabs a vampire with his fucking severed hand and all that shit. Like, hey, this one goes down a different yeah. route, which is equally as crazy. Jojo's good. It is. It's a good show. It's enjoyable. What do you want to talk about next? Um, Tom, 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 another Jojo? Tom's glazing over. Uh, aye, man. Like, <clears throat> I'm trying to think. I think that was the first film I seen this year. Um, Jojo Rabbit, uh, which I've seen twice and fully intend watching again. Is that directed by Taika? Taika Waititi, mm-hmm. and it's written by. Well, he 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 adapts the screenplay from. I can't I, I can't believe it's a novel. And he's also that's a novel. Yeah, uh, and he's in it. Uh, Sam Rockwell's in it. Scarlett Johansson's in it. <clears throat> Uh, Rebel Wilson, uh, Alfie Allen. There's a few heads in it. So I've watched a few films in the past couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. That's by far the best one out of all the ones I've seen. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah. Um, probably such a, such I. A fucking, yeah. Such an enjoyable movie. Like It manages to do a really good job of balancing and utilising like all the kind of humour to really fucking hit home all the terrible shit mm-hmm. from that era. and like e- Even things that doesn't really 
like called direct attention to like it kind of mentions it in a couple of sentences here or there but it's more just implied constantly about how mm. like Scarlett Johansson's character has to live in a world where her fucking son is an absolute zealot when it comes mm. to Nazism mm. uh, and how you deal with that like how how would you fucking deal with that because mm. like she's not a Nazi no um, yeah interesting movie yeah I mean I think a lot of folk don't know what to make of the trailer there's a few folk in my work were like, right, what is that about? And I'm like, try to explain the fact that this is a com a quirky comedy, but it's like it's about a boy, a ten year old boy who's in the Hitler Youth. He's is um and he is all about the Nazis and he's been brainwashed uh, to believe in a bunch of shit at the last days of the war. But his mum is not a Nazi, but is hiding a Jewish lassie in the house. In which I don't, he like, I don't feel like that's like a huge spoiler. That's something that's set up no, really early on. That's like yeah. the crux of the film, right? That's mm-hmm. just the. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, tracks but it's like, yeah, but it's a it's a quirky comedy. It's very much like a traditional coming of age film. Yes, where you get the setup of boy A believes this, and over the course he's he comes into contact with the thing which he's supposed to be against, mm. and it kind of changes uh, the way he ha- he has a an outlook on these yeah. things. Yeah, really uh, similarly to Green Book, I feel where it's like this is another movie say like into the kind of political climate where the kind of message is tolerance right it's all mm-hmm. about like kind of accepting people and kind of challenging your preset beliefs yeah. and all that stuff mm-hmm. so but yeah like it's um it's a i can't really think of the time maybe since blade runner 2049 when i've actively been like i want to go watch it again i want to go watch it again yeah um second time round i enjoyed it i mean I, I loved it the first time second time i enjoyed it even more so like, um, do you know what it felt like it felt actually you go for it. I just cut both of you guys. Off. No, I'm just saying like, uh, like I thought that it was one of the most charming and it was one of my favorite endings to a film um, that I've ever seen. And I never, I, I sometimes think that being 35, that I'm not going to be surprised like that anymore. Um, but I was like, when I was watching it the first time, I got goosebumps at that ending, and just the whole thing I thought was really funny. And then like, I think. I mean, Sam Rockwell's amazing all the time, but like this might yeah. be my favorite. Yeah, role I, is. I think that's the best I've seen. His, his intro, yeah, this, it's fucking mm. perfect. Yeah. Uh, everyone plays their strengths. Like Rebel Wilson is is very good in mm. it as well. Uh, Scarlet, all, all the supporting yeah, cast. Yeah, everyone kind of yeah, just Alfie everyone. Allen, yeah, excellent. Doesn't really do much, but he's a really good kind of comedy sidekick. Yeah. Um, for Sam Rockwell, but yeah, just all in all, man, I just thought it was really sharp. It to- it said what it wanted to in uh, the duration in a acceptable duration, and yeah, it didn't. It, 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 didn't ba- feel- it balances that fine line and does it exceedingly well. Of it has a message, mm-hmm. yeah, but it doesn't do it heavy handedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it allows the story to kind of give you what you need from it. Yeah. Um, Without being, without kind of like smashing the face of Nazis are bad. Yeah, which it, they are. It, it's, still, pretty, yeah. it's still kind of. I was going to say, but everybody knows that. But yeah, like, yeah. They, man, apparently not everybody fucking does know. Yeah, they keep the focus of this is a story told through the yeah. eyes of a ten year old boy. Because uh, yeah. I mean, it, lot, ne- it never really becomes about the greater conflict. Yeah, the, the only the only time you yeah, and, and even when it does, it's still done through the lens of a yeah. child. Yeah, hey. it's like when the actual kind of because it is like towards the end of like the war mm-hmm. and the fall of Berlin's happening you only know what's happening because like barriers are being put up and things yeah. like that there's no like 
radio messages or stuff like that because it is very much on Jojo's journey. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, it, it reminds me of it's it's got the same kind of spirit as a lot of uh, Wes Anderson yeah, kind of films. Exactly it has that same say, kind of feel to it. Like when I went um, to cut him off the first time, it was to say like I felt like this feels like a a less pretentious version yeah. of a Wes Anderson movie. Like it's yeah. just it's like very very reminiscent of Wes Anderson without being up its own ass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I like Wes Anderson. Just for the record, before I get <laughs> no, I like it. Uh, yeah, but it's like it's like oh man, Wes Anderson. No, he's wanky as fuck, but I do enjoy his movies. Yeah. Taco with TT. This isn't a wanky film. Um, this is just it, like you said. It gets the humor and the quirkiness that mm-hmm. you enjoy from a Wes Anderson movie, but with like you said, without like you know sucking its own dick. Yeah. Also has one of the most adorable child actors of all time. His wee pal, oh, Yorkie. Yorkie. Yeah, absolutely brilliant man. Steals every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Every, everyone I spoke to, like, that child's adorable. Right. Um, but yeah, uh, fantastic. I've 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 got no complaints about it. I, I I really fucking love that film. Like years and years and years ago, Alan Kerr mentioned about how it's really hard to talk about good comedies on these kind of podcasts because like it's really difficult not to just have it devolve into oh that moment was good, that moment mm-hmm. was good, this moment was good. But like JoJo's is full of those parts where it's like. It, it never really made you properly fucking laugh out loud, like knee slapping effort. There's a couple of like, bits. There was a lot of just really good. There's a couple of good like, guffaw moments. Yeah, yeah I, I laughed a lot in that mm. film. But like you said, the, it's, the it's the not. Rabbit in the woods. Yeah, but it doesn't. It's not. A, yeah, it's a comedy that's not just a highlight reel of moments because you are interested in the journey and everyone mm. takes you on that journey and everyone plays it just right. But at the same time, it's got those moments. Yeah, like yeah. like Danny, like I went and watched it with our pal Danny Matthews, and like one thing he's like, man, Sam Rockwell such a fucking talented actor, um, because he says like towards the end, the way he kind of flips from being one thing to another and is kind of treatment and how like, the overall thing he wants to do I was like yeah man that was that was really cool I, don't, I wouldn't have said that he just flips I think that that is no but he, he, he kind of it's kind of like you get the gist you get when he's first introduced you get this oh uh, he wishes he was but it's, he's more he's, to I, I, kind he's, of he's talking more like it. specifically there's two points where he needs to like change his entire character in this but, second. but it's for it's for oh, right, it's, okay. it's for the benefit for of others. Oh right, okay, right, okay, yeah. yeah. He has to put on a he has to put on a performance, right. and again, oh, right, okay, I didn't quite grasp. Yeah, you but that's that yeah. going from yeah, not, not like a not way. like a metaphorical yeah. kind of yeah, a switch on and off during right, the film, yeah. but like an actual an moment actual, where he yeah. needs to do it. Mm. And again, he uh, like Danny was like, he's like, just, uh, the way he, fl- he kind of flips, like as a as an actor, the way he kind of did yeah. that role, and I was like, yeah, man, it was fucking really good. Again. It was nice seeing Stephen Merchant. He's, uh, he's he fantastic at it as well. He's perfectly cast in that in that film. Yeah, um, uh, but that's yeah. I've I've nothing but praise. I, I've no no real bad moments. I mean, if someone was to say if you had if you were I, the only thing I would say is there's times where Takabutiti's Hitler is just in frame for the sake of laughs. But yeah. I've don't really have a problem with that. It's like I don't think he was too excessive. Strange, I mean, I, I thought he was good in it and all that, but like strangely, that was the weakest part of the film, and it was the bit that got all the attention and the trailers mm. and stuff beforehand because mm-hmm. it is the bit that kind of sets it apart like a great deal. Mm. I, I say weakest bit; it was still really good. Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah, I fully intend to watch that film again. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I see when you say I can't think of one thing I didn't like about it. Either. Mm. Um. 
kind of an older film, but you eventually got to see it. You went and seen Knives Out. I did. Um, uh, what was your thought? Which I had written off for like a long time because I fucking completely detested The Last Jedi. I, and had forgotten that he's actually got good films other than that. I was just yeah. so blinded by The Last Jedi fuck whatever. Disappointing you. That, uh, yeah. yeah. Turns out he's actually quite a good writer-director. Writer, writer-director. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was refreshing to see that kind of film uh, in the cineplexes again because it's been a while since we had a Who Done It that wasn't an Agatha yeah. Christie uh, adaptation. Also, like as much as it is like a traditional one of those, like a, a Who Done It. Uh, it plays a lot with the tropes yeah, of it. Yeah. In, in really good ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it had to because, again, it would have just felt like an Agatha Christie yeah. adaptation, but it totally flips it a couple of times and it kept me guessing all the way. I didn't figure it out. I, I kind of figured yeah, it out quite early. I didn't think it was particularly clever in that regard. Though I did think there was going to be, I said this to you when we came out of it, like I thought there was going to be like an extra layer to it mm-hmm. uh, because they make such a massive point. Actually, I'm going to shut up right now because for anyone who hasn't seen it, um, who I mean, there's a few things that don't line up. All right, and there's a few things that you draw attention to that you don't have a payoff. It's got a, like an all-star cast. And I think they all play to their strengths. Tony mm-hmm. Collette's excellent, but I thought that her Dan- intro th- was excellent. Yeah, I thought Daniel Craig and Chris Evans like really stood out for me, man. I thought they yeah. were both great in it. Tony Collette, I thought was really good in the first ten minutes that she was on screen, but then towards the rest of the film, like she pretty much just became yeah, there. She's just kind of background. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Same with Jamie Lee Curtis. A few, a few of them kind of do that. Once Michael get, Shannon's the same. Like. Yeah, once you get that kind of the kind of midpoint reveal, mm-hmm. a lot of those characters take back seats. Yeah, because yeah. it's no longer a film about them. Is it? Yeah, it's a good movie. It's enjoyable. Mm. It's really well directed, actually. Yeah. I, I welcome another Benoit Blanc um, story. Yeah, only thing I, I would say I didn't particularly like about it was what felt like a completely forced and fourth wall breaking sequence when they do the whole liberal right wing bullshit it was just welcome to Ryan Johnson time yeah it, it just felt way too forced yeah. mm. I, and then on top of that as well like it felt like I think he was trying to remain impartial but it felt to me like he was siding more with the the kind of Trump supporter Nazi side of the I family. I never got that. I never Because, like, that. when you think about the the kind of liberals in that situation, they're kind of fucking shitty people in that film in a way that you never see the, the guy who's supposed to be an actual Nazi and his fucking Trump supporter dad being... Mm. Mm. I, I think it does... Like There is, as you say, there is that liberal versus conservative aspect to it. I think it does kind of balance it relatively well, because yeah. I I thought that with it being Ryan Johnson that you would it would be a lot more of that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how much of that is my prejudice from the Last Jedi. So yeah. good to see a Christopher Plummer yeah. return as a Kevin Spacey for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try like I there's I, I'm adamant there's a fucking good version of that joke somewhere, but that's the second time I've tried it and it's I, I fell flat again, man. Yeah, it's like this time I think was better than the last <laughs> attempt, but um, <laughs> there's one in there. There's a joke in there. Um, he was good in it though. Christopher Palmer was good in it. He's always good, even when he's in it for like nothing, no like no time at all. He's always good. Like one of the uh, the more kind of. 
low key jokes in it. I thought it was pretty good as well as how like nobody in the fucking family ever says her ethnicity properly ever. It's yeah. like they always say uh, like a different South American place yeah. each time. They just don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like see what you're talking. Like see if you see if you can't get Christopher Plummer, but you want equally a, as brilliant a performance. You get Donald Sutherland. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay, yeah. he's at that age now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, try to think. Did you watch anything else? Nineteen Seventeen. Well, we all watched that. Yeah, yeah. watched well, that at IMAX. Nineteen Seventeen. The story of World War One. Mm-hmm. Not the whole story. Hold on, man. Mm-hmm. Can we go back a bit to Nights Out? Just yeah. Uh, before we move on, I will see this much. Uh, it's good to have one of those types of movies where if you do try and put the effort to work out what's going on from the get-go, all the information you need is actually presented to you, unlike the fucking Sherlock Holmes... Was it What was it called? Some of Shadows? Game of Shadows? Game of Shadows. Where, like, no matter how on the ball you are with that, like, it's a fucking Deus Ex Machina effort. Well, it's a end. Guy Ritchie film, so like what do you expect? Like, you couldn't have worked that shit yeah. out because of the notebook thing yeah. in that movie, whereas this one, if you're paying attention, all the key points are there. Okay, I'll put this to you then, Tommy, given that we've also had Guy Ritchie mentioned. Mm. Do you want to talk about 1917? No, we'll talk about the the gentleman. No, because 1917's kind of almost like the movie of the week, I guess. Uh, The gentleman, yeah, that's uh, Guy Ritchie returns to the guns, geezers uh, genre, which uh, made him so famous uh, 22 years ago, something like that. Um, But yeah, um, because again, when Guy Ritchie can't really when he when he tries to do something different and fails he comes back to that genre when he made revolver it was shite and swept away so he came back and did rock and roller did sherlock holmes that did well second one did well then he did king arthur and that was shite so he's come back to this genre so who the fuck knows what he's gonna do next but the gentleman has got matthew mcconaughey charlie hunnam did he, hold on did he not also do like robin hood or some shit as well no no he didn't do that no right um Charlie Hunnam. That one with the guy from... Yeah, I know what one you're talking about. That wasn't No, it wasn't him. Right. No. Um, it was just as bad as a Guy Ritchie yeah, film. Yeah, it was bad. You say that, like, Guy Ritchie's got some good movies. The, well, if they're not a Guns and Geezers film or a Sherlock Holmes movie, he doesn't. <laughs> I would also argue that most of his Guns and Geezers films aren't that good either. I like them. Um, but again, it's... It, the thing about him, he's, he's kind of came back to the well so much... Um, the like the gentleman as much as I was entertained by it, it's nothing new and it's clearly the weakest of his uh, guns and geezers uh, genre picks. Uh, but yeah, the the gentleman's. I think I liked it more than Rock and Roller. I rewatched Rock and Roller, um, and Rock and Roller a lot of it is kind of style over substance. Um, and I'll... which to be fair, this is as well. Yeah, but, but this had. The only bonus of the whole film, which was Colin Farrell, was brilliant in it. Yeah, Colin Farrell is brilliant. It's got Colin Farrell, it's got um, uh, Hugh Grant, who again, as you've never seen him before, um, uh, you've got... What, Ma- what is that? Because I've seen Hugh well, Grant in... He's, Hugh, Hugh Grant in is kind, the, kind of sleazy and a little kind of racist in some places. Which yeah. was a little off But you know, I think that's a problem with a lot of uh, guys. Like, even watching Rock and Roller, I was like, he really kind of. I mean, it's like you could argue, well, he's, he's there's actors in there that are older and are just, you know, saying stuff of a well, certain generation. But I don't I don't think it, the gentleman I don't think that applies. There's, there's a thing, in, there's two scenes in Gentleman which I kind of thought about when I'd come out of it. <clears throat> and there's a scene where 
Hugh Grant is introducing uh, the Chinese the Chinese triads. Yeah. Uh, what was that guy's name? <sighs> fuck. Well, there is a guy is called. There is a guy called Fuck. Is it? Is there? I there's not. Is it? Is his name not like something? Is dragon? it slow? Something? Is it not? I thought it was something dragon. Right. Well, there's Chinese triads. Yeah. The kind of young bucks coming up, and he introduces them using a lot of very outdated and when is this set? Nowadays, And kind of, kind of racist terms for Chinese people, mm-hmm. and that to which I thought was a wee bit kind of so we got outdated for nowadays. Yeah. And then, and I think a couple of people around me kind of groaned. Yeah, I, then, I groaned a few times. And then there's a scene later on with Colin Farrell, who Colin Farrell's character is he's a, a coach of like he's a boxing of a like coach. a boxing MMA kind of guy. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's a a fairly racist statement is made at that point, mm. to which Colin Farrell then. Talks to the boy who it was made at, and talks about context, mm. and it felt to me that that right. was Guy Ritchie going, "You had this bit, but here's why it's okay that I've done that." Yeah, right. definitely. And it just it didn't sit. It, no, very well it, with no, me. it's because if you're trying, if it's like, wh- why are you explaining it? Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, if you're going to do it, just do it. Yeah, it's like I, I rewatch. It, it's a character. Fair enough, you accept it. Yeah. Character. If you draw that, attention to that, it, yeah, that's more that's you, you fucking. That's, that's you being feeling guilty because yeah. you, you're like, well, I, I should I shouldn't do that or fucked up. It's like you. If, if it's that kind of same, if it's that same feeling that I get any time that Tarantino opens his mouth about these kind of things, and he throws the old N word in yeah, there, yeah, and it's like I know, but that's how they talk to each other, and it's like, it's, but it's not right that you do it. Yeah, so, um, like I we will come back just while we're hovering around that subject it's like I watched the, I rewatched Lair Cake just because I kind of got in the mood for it uh, Guy Ritchie was supposed to do that but um, it was That's actually Matthew Vaughn Matthew Vaughn Vaughn sorry who was Guy Ritchie's producer but once Guy Ritchie passed he decided to direct it and then from then he's kind of directed like Stardust um, X-Men First Class oh, I uh, Kingsman so but in, in Lair Cake again it's very much um, a bunch of guys are involved in a thing he was the one that done Kingsman. Yes. Um, Makes sense. But yeah, like in Lair Cake, it's very much, again, guns and geezers. It's a bit more refined. Um, but it's the same kind of setup. But there's like old guys in that that are yeah. that are like old kind of like homophobes and racists and that. But he never turns around. It's just, you kind of, it's not cool, but it's like these are older London yeah. geezer guys who probably use that language. But like you said, in The Gentleman, the fact that he tries to explain himself, yeah. you're like... Well, you're kind of you're shining you're shining the spotlight on you because you wrote the dialogue. Yeah. So yeah, I I agree with you in on that one. But anyway, like, like Hugh Grant's character is supposed to be the shittiest of shitty human beings. Yeah, he's a total sleazy. So for, so for him to talk the way that he talks is yeah, in character, it's not acceptable. It's, but it's, it's not acceptable. Yeah. But that's a way there are people like that. People yeah. Talk, yeah. But it is just that I know, but we've got to talk about context later on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, so was it? Yeah, Hugh Grant's in it. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, Colin Farrell, Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey seems lost in this film. Me and Danny. I, do you know? I actually well, there's a bit right at the start of that film, so it's not really giving anything away. Mm-hmm. Where he walks into this pub, he orders a pint. Aye. Then he puts a song on a jukebox, and he orders a pickled egg. Yeah. And he sits down. And he looks. Wistful, wistfully into the distance, 
yeah. and starts spouting this almost Shakespearean style dialogue. Which Guy Ritchie favours yeah. or tries to and favour. And it feels so much like he's in a car advert that mm. I laughed out loud at it. Yeah, but again, Guy Ritchie tries to be really clever with his dialogue. Yeah. Like, even though it's like Cockney rhyming slang and a bunch of like, you know, street talk, if you will, he tries to put some kind of poetry behind it and it it doesn't work a having lot of the not, time. Having not seen this movie, mm. like it just sounds like a fucking parody of everything that he's been doing for the past ten. Not Guy Ritchie, Matthew McConaughey. Um, like all the stuff that kind of made people kind of fall in love with him again over like the... Like da- yeah, Danny was saying to me, like, Matthew McConaughey doesn't feel right in this film. And I yeah, says, it's, and it, I says, it's because... so out of place. Yeah, and I was like, it's because he's an American spouting a lot of English slang. Yeah. He's like, you know, like, what, like he'll get- say, what up, chaps? Like and all give, that, and you're give, like, mate, why are you saying that? They he, give you enough backstory for him. He's been in England for years. That it makes sense that he yeah. would probably speak that way. But they, see, it, should, it shouldn't have been Matthew McConaughey. It no. should have been somebody of, of a slightly lower profile or an unknown, so they didn't seem out of place. Yeah. It's like, see, like, remember in The Wolf of Wall Street? Mm-hmm. When he's sitting having lunch with... Decap. Decap, mm. and he's doing the whole slam yeah, yeah. stuff. It's all that kind of bullshit. Which works in people, the world. Yeah, works in the world for Wall Street because that's what that kind of character is. But this is a guy who he's a scummy American. Well, he's a <laughs> bit classier, I suppose, than scummy. But he's he's an American drug dealer who's been in Britain since he was a kid. Yeah, he gets upset. So, he so gets accepted to Cambridge or yeah, something. Yeah, he, like he goes that. to like Cambridge or something like that, uh, and just because and becomes a drug dealer in Cambridge. Mm-hmm. And because of that, he's in with all these posh people and all the lords and stuff like that. Yeah. So he gets gentrified. So he's kind of in like tweed suits and yeah, he's going fox. He's, like, like, he's fox hunting it's, and it just, it's yeah. So he says, "What up, chaps?" So and, weird because it's him. Yes. Yeah, it, if it wasn't him, that probably would have been alright. Does he yeah. seem like he's enjoying it though? I don't know. He seems like I don't know. Neil said he seems <clears> a bit <throat> lost. He's trying the best with the material he has. I think it's very, it's very much like Brad Pitt and Snatch. I quite where, like Brad Pitt and Snatch, though. I where, thought he was fine, but he is Brad he's, Pitt. He's there because Guy Ritchie's a name, and it's got a bit of street cred, I suppose, of mm. that kind of film. Yeah. Was Guy Ritchie a name? Oh, no, he did Lockstock. He, well, he made Lockstock, and I think apparently Snatch. Brad Pitt got in touch with him, and yeah. he was written into the, the um, script for Snatch, but he couldn't do an Irish accent, so they changed yeah, him to... Yeah, him a bikey. Yeah. So, because of that, uh, like he's like he went from Irish to he was a, a traveller. And then it was like, right, okay. But it worked well because it was like, right, yeah, Brad Pitt's in it, but he's not really the main focus of it. Whereas <clears throat> Mickey Pierce, um, yeah, he a, is the main focus of it. And then it's like everyone well, else around him. I suppose I would maybe argue that Charlie Hunnam's the main focus. Uh, me and Danny were talking about this. Charlie Hunnam, I'm pretty sure someone said to me, he's from Birmingham. He can't decide what part of England he is in that film. Oh, and he sure. throws his accent all over the fucking place. It's so strange, like it's no. Like, he, he said he sounded he sounded posh Midlands to me. I, like, so, I didn't so far, know. a lot of the talk about this film has just been about accents. Like, what's what's the, is it just nothing to the movie? Or no, what? it's not that. It's, it's, just, it's, it's your typical. It's just a guy Ritchie film where yeah. somebody fucks somebody over for for their drugs or their money, and then it's revenge. And then it's revenge, right. and there's there's a reveal with something, there's something else. else happening over here. Yeah. And there's another guy over here yeah. that wants to get involved. Yeah. See what you just said there. This is exactly why I don't like gangster stuff because that is every gangster movie. Yeah, uh, a lot of them are. Yeah. Fucking Goodfellas, Casino, would, fucking all of them, man. They're I, all just that. 
I would disagree with that. It, uh, but what I would say about Guy Ritchie's movies, though, is with this one, it's nothing you haven't seen before. G- gangster films of a certain type. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. You could, have, you could have a gangster movie where, yeah, they're all gangsters doing a thing, but the focus isn't the fact they're gangsters. You know what I mean? Right. The so, British film industry is very much Yeah, they kind of embrace kind of that thing. Whereas you can watch like Carlito's Way, which is a gangster movie, but it's not really about yeah. him being a gangster. It's that's more it's about his past catching up with him. It's more of a love story, yeah, really. Carlito's Way is a great film. It's a very good movie. What between a man and cocaine? That's Scarface. Uh, it's about uh, Cal- it? Carlito's Way is Penelope Ann Miller. Yeah, Carlito's Way is Scarface too. If, if Scarface yeah. hadn't died, yeah, yeah. the Scarface. <laughs> yeah, but the, the gentleman, if you like your Guns and Geezers Guy Ritchie movie, it's a perfectly acceptable watch. It's, I thought I thought I found it. I was like, yeah, I'm entertained by it. It's got yeah. all the same pro. It's got the usual problems a Guy Ritchie movie does, but it's just. Him doing that genre movie and that genre movie in itself just seems to have outstayed its welcome. We need to kind of fucking get past that. But again, he just keeps going back to that well when he fucks up. He's supposed to be doing an R. Sherlock Holmes movie, but who knows? RDG will be wanting to hit after um, after Doolittle because that is getting slated to fuck and the trailer looks shite. Apparently that's lost a hundred million already. I'm not surprised. Why the fuck would he agree to do that? Honestly, I mean, he doesn't just need the, the money. show though, because I, I mean, is he not like literally the highest? No, was the Rock highest paid, or was he the highest paid actor? He was the highest paid actor. I think the Rock made the most money. Yeah, because right. the Rock. So he just does more shit, yeah. basically. Yeah, but like, it just goes to show though, it doesn't matter how fucking big your name is, though, right? Like, oh, I there's only, there's only so everybody, far. Everybody, a everybody can flop. Yeah, yeah, but everybody has that. Like RDJ is like kind of he's went from kind of just this guy to Iron Man to Avengers. He's on top of the world. It's like he's probably the most one of, if not the most sought, sought sought after actor in Hollywood. Like if you put him in a movie, guaranteed box office. Same thing happened to Johnny Depp after Pirates of the Caribbean, and yet he made a lot of films. I, that think, were I, shite. I, I have a, I have this feeling about Doolittle is that I think Disney thought that would be their next Pirates. Yeah, and they'd get they'd get free, at least a trilogy out of it. Yeah. Um, and you'd imagine for him as well that you couldn't get something more different than playing Iron Man yeah. than that. So uh, just after like what a decade uh, of doing that role, yeah, you probably like, was just looking for anything when he yeah, a family friendly yeah. franchise. But I thought they're not going to get it from what. I've, well, again, apparently, I, apparently a lot of the worst stuff in that film is stuff from the reshoots. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I and it's all like stuff like poop gags and things like that that get yeah. added in. So okay. it's like yeah. lowering mm. the tone of it. Oh well, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, the, uh, I I thought to to sum up the gentleman's entertaining, but you've seen all before. Do you know what? Like, as much as I didn't really like it, there was bits in it which I thought were genuinely hilarious. Mm. Like Colin Farrell's actually genuinely, genuinely. He's great. Which has been he like he's he's the uh, the coach of this crew of uh, youths. like kind of youths. Who, who do fight videos and crime videos and put them up on YouTube. Uh, and they, he kind of gets dragged into it because they rip off uh, Matthew McConaughey's one of these weed farms. Yeah. Right. And he's trying to make amends for them. Yeah. He doesn't want them to be killed or that, so he's going to try so, and make so amends for So they're just these bunch of idiots. Mm-hmm. And the stuff they got up to is pretty funny. Yeah. But again, like Colin Farrell just... He, I think he's a really reliable actor. Um, I'm like, yeah, man. If you stick him in it, he'll he'll give you a decent performance. The, the older he gets, the better he becomes. I would agree. Yeah. He, he kind of steps away from the leading man thing and yeah. is better at being the character actor. Yeah, definitely. So, 
Um, but so yeah. I know for a fact we've got two films at least left to talk about. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What do you think? Oh, yeah. We've got, well, I've, we've got three then. Right, so what's the third one then? Uh, I'm assuming you never went to see it, Tommy. Uh, I went to see Just Mercy. No, I do want to watch uh, it. Though. I'm going to get the IMDb up because it's a, a true story and I don't want to get names wrong. Okay. Um, it's... Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx, who's very, very good in this film. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, who is probably one of the best young actors in Hollywood at the moment. I'd agree with that. Um, it's based on, uh, like, Jordan plays uh, Brian Stevenson, who... Who that? Who that? Brian Stevenson is the founder of... I'm trying to see if this is his name... Doesn't. Uh, uh, he, he's a lawyer, a real life lawyer, right. who set up. Uh, it's called. Oh, I wish I could find the name of that. It's a. Uh, it's like a pro bono kind of uh, firm. Firm which dealt deals with cases of people on death row, right? Uh, and looking at these cases, uh, and seeing if. The people who have been wrongly convicted or deserve like appeals and things like that, and it's essentially the goal of it is to try and get the the death penalty abolished. Yeah. Doesn't film didn't go quite as far as that, but that's where it's at now yeah. in real life. Jamie Fox is his client, and Jamie Fox is oh I don't remember the Jamie, for this. Jamie Fox is a big high profile case yeah. that he takes on. Um, yeah, yeah, I remember the trailer for this, and it's essentially like he goes after graduating from Harvard. Moves down to Alabama, and this is Alabama in the late 80s. Hmm. Uh, I think the time span of the film is 87 to, I think it's 96. All right. Um, where it's essentially um, Stevenson fighting against like, local politics, just uh, local law enforcement, and just the general sense of communal racism. And the difference between how how white people are kind of perceived and the poor kind of black communities are perceived, and why, like uh, McMillan, who Fox plays, his case is essentially the guy that's fingered him for this murder is a convict, uh, who that's the only kind of evidence that they have, whereas uh, there's a multitude of evidence on the other side that just got completely ignored. Yeah. Um, so it's about how that case kind of goes what was, through what the was this called? Was it called No Mercy? Just Mercy. Just Mercy. Um, it's excellent. It's a really, really good film. I'll give that a shot. It's, no, honestly, it's worth going to see. Yeah, it was good. Um, well, the performances are fantastic. Well, Jamie Foxx puts in one of the best performances I've probably seen from him since Ray. Mm. So like right now you're making it sound like a really kind of small scale movie. Where it, is it like a really kind of limited cast, like a lot of long scenes of kind of back and forth conversations, or is it? Yeah, it's a, it's quite a small scale film. Like your your main cast is obviously Michael B. Jordan, Jamie Fox, um, Brie Larson is right. in it. Uh, she's uh, the woman that helps set up the uh, the firm with Jordan. Um, Rafe Ball plays the Monroeville District Attorney, mm. who is very, very good in it. Has a very good Alabama accent. Cool. Um, who is that? I don't know. I don't recognise that name. Uh, he's in Life of Pi. Who? 
Uh, he's the uh, the guy talking to uh, the man telling you about the story about uh, about pie. He's the the journal. Is that a journalist he is in Life of Pi? I just had a massive brain fart when you said Life of Pi. I thought of the Life Aquatic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's, I, I to say I thoroughly enjoyed it would be correct. However, when I say enjoy, it's how can, how you can enjoy a film about a man who's been wrongly accused yeah. and has been on death row for six years. Is this directed by MD, the kind of notable, or? I shall tell you. Uh, it is directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. That's an unfortunate surname. It certainly is. Who has The Glass Castle, which I don't think I saw. Nothing you would really know. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's really well acted. It's really well written. Um, there's a really kind of brutal scene, kind of midway through, mm. where one of these other cases they try and get a stay of execution, and they don't really get it. Mm. I suppose, like, yeah. I mean, even having not seen the film, you'd imagine that's there to show what the yeah. stakes are. Yeah. yeah. So it's. I would highly recommend it. Cool. I find I find it strange that it's not kind of been talked about more to be mm. honest and it's been overlooked yeah have you like, even, like, even like in the kind of current climate of the world it's well, it has a lot to say about kind of racial injustice and, mm-hmm. and certainly within the south of America mm. um, but again like Jojo's it's not really heavy handed with it yeah right. it sticks to it sticks it's morality to the confines of the case right okay so usually about this time of year, you guys want to talk about the Oscars, and I'm on about the Oscars. I don't care. That's all right. Totally don't care. I mean, just right. we'll just we'll continue to talk about what we want. Well, see, uh, from what I saw, Ricky Gervais's thing, I thought it was pretty good. That was the Golden Globes. Was it? Yeah, yeah the Oscars right. isn't up yet. Oh, is it not? No. Yeah. BAFTA's right. first in. Oscars. That'll explain why you guys haven't wanted to talk about it then. Uh, no, the, the the nominations come out for them, but yeah. It's, it's exactly everybody that you think it would. Yeah, it's, unless it, you're a person of color. It, it looks, it looks, or or a woman. Or a uh, woman. Yeah, yeah, it looks, it looks like a very predictable year. Yeah. But anyway, um, have you watched anything else other than the last big two movies that no. we've all seen? No? no. So now we need to make a decision. Is this what is the big movie of the year? Yeah. I mean, technically, it is Bad Boys Forever because that's Bad Boys for, for life. For life, sorry. Uh, 1917 came out like the week before so I would, what one do you think you have more to talk about? Uh, 1917 uh, what do you think? God yes my son I think maybe bad boys <laughs> I don't know okay I mean, like I think 1917 is the better movie I enjoyed bad boys more <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fair right we'll talk about bad boys then let's talk about bad boys I've got a lot less to say about 1917 like what can you say well, let's talk about 1917 then. okay which you guys you guys pick right okay we'll talk about 1917 because mm. we almost talked about it earlier mm. um, right we went to see 1917 in the IMAX yeah which I feel was the right choice yeah fair enough Right, the ba- background in 1917, Second World War I, uh, I can't remember any of the characters' names, I'm going to say sorry about that. Right no, I also don't remember. But to be honest, I don't think it's that important. Uh, 
so fact, I don't think you even hear like the main guy's name until the Schofield, very end. Do you? His name is Schofield. Right. Oh, yeah, that's right, because he gets. <coughs> oh, um, so Schofield and another guy is sent on a mission behind enemy lines to stop uh, what was essentially a suicide run. Yeah. By a big there was, there was bad guys. intel, like the the British army thought yeah. that they had like a the Germans over on the, the Germans, but the Germans and, actually have an advantage yeah, they, over them. They were yeah. actually kind of luring them into like a kill zone, a trap. Yeah. yeah. So that is the plot of the movie, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing that kind of hangs on that is <clears> one of the one of the people one of the people on the mission. It's his brother mm-hmm. is in that. Um, so that's the kind of impetus for him to get mm-hmm. across the lines yeah. as quickly as possible. Yeah. So it's their journey from. Their trench through no man's land and enemy territory to get to where that this other platoon is about to do their push. Yeah, yeah, and it's fucking harrowing. Yeah, <laughs> like the the other kind of big aspect that a uh, isn't really story related is a this has been billed as like a, a film that tries to present itself as one shot. It doesn't really succeed at that. But mm. it does have like a lot of really, really, really kind of long shots of the the kind of camera tracking the, the two yeah. main guys for like yeah. large stretches at a time. Yeah. Uh, well, I speaking on that being in the IMAX, I think uh, like the film, the start of that film because it's in the, it's in the <clears> trench. <throat> when you're out watching that in the IMAX, because of the scope of that screen. It feels really confined. Yeah, you yeah. get that sense of uh, claustrophobia yeah. that comes from that. Uh, then you get that massive release when you they finally kind of go on in no man's land. Yeah, I, I, it, it does yeah. what it does technically. It, what it's trying to achieve technically, I think it does very well. I think yeah. it does some parts of it really well. Like as you said, like those, those kind of parts in the trenches and stuff, and the bits in the tunnels and all that are mm. all really claustrophobic, and that kind of does work. Also, like the fact that like so much of it is done from like a really kind of low down angle yeah. and continuous shot, where it's really kind of helps you understand everything that's going on in mm. the situation. It doesn't really afford any kind of superfluous shots and stuff that other films yeah. would just be crammed full of for the sake of, you know, just a wee bit of a style mm. chucked in or whatever. Mm. So like, it makes the whole thing feel a bit more grounded. Yeah. But I also think it was one of the most distracting things in the film because when I realised it was happening, I then remembered conversations we'd have in the past about this one being a one-shot mm. thing. I knew that that's practically an impossibility. Yeah. So all I did for most of the film you were looking was for trying the, to find the transition. Yeah. yeah. Or like other stuff where there's parts where the camera moves through stuff that would be physically impossible for it mm-hmm. to move through in real yeah. life. So all that was happening there was I was trying to distinguish what I was what was real that I was looking at and what was actually mm-hmm. digital photography. There, there was a couple of bits like that. And it's, yeah. It's like it's still impressive. It still looks mm-hmm. good. But like I just find that kind of constantly took me out of the movie. Like there's a part where it goes, they go down through like a crater from mm. like some kind of artillery shell that's been, you know, kind of exploded on no man's land. And the camera, the way the camera goes, it kind of tilts off to the side of them and then kind of goes straight down to the water level and just mm. tracks the water level. But there's no ripples in the water, which would indicate obviously that any kind of physical camera yeah. hasn't been in the water or near the water. So it's just like what's. You know, it's well, just, it was just stuff like that for me, like, and I realised that's a very no, no, because, thing. no, because like I remember coming out of it and describing it to you as like 
I just sat and watched a video game. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, and that was the kind of stuff which made it feel like you were watching just video game cutscenes yeah. kind of spliced together. It was like just shots uh, that couldn't happen in yeah. real life. Um, but also the way that the action kind of... The, the kind of flow of the action. Um, I also described it as if Naughty Dog made up made a World War One game. Yeah. Because uh, you went from that... Here's your here's your setup, right? Here's a reaction bit. Here's a bit more chat to set up where we're going next. Here's your jumping section. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it esca- the way the way that the way that it escalated felt very video gamey. Yeah. And like, okay, that's a bit of shite, but it's you're learning what's happening, and then by the end of it, it's like, fuck, man. Yeah. You've got to kind of go e- and do even this. like a lot of the stuff felt like the way we would talk about level design in a game. Mm-hmm. Like the the part where it's night time and he's going through the ruined city. Like I'm trying not, right, to, yeah, trying not okay. to ruin this. Like a lot of it felt like video game levels uh, rather than actual locations that a soldier might have went through. Mm-hmm. I I think it was a really solid film. It was a really good movie. There was maybe two, just like two or three many action sequences in it that kind of made the thing feel a wee bit more fantastical than I would mm-hmm. have liked. Especially considering, like, I know Dunkirk was a couple of years ago now, man, right? That was like two or three years ago. Yeah. yeah. But that still feels really fresh in my mind. And then you had other stuff like, uh, is it Hacksaw Ridge? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been like a, a slew of mm-hmm. like really good war movies in the past couple of years. And I think that kind of makes this one less impactful because like this was kind of entertaining and good, but it doesn't quite stand with like Dunkirk in my opinion. And I would agree that it doesn't quite stand with Dunkirk. Dunkirk was that was a fantastic film. Yeah. Mm. Still looked really good. Cinematography I thought was excellent. Oh yeah, there's yeah. some um, scenes which were which are from my perspective quite mind blowing visually. Also yeah. similarly what you were saying about uh, Matthew McConaughey and the other one, uh, I think that this one suffers a lot from having too many well known actors in bit parts where it kind yeah. of feels more like a fucking novelty like a just you know scene after scene it's like oh who's the celebrity they managed to book for this time slot it's like yeah. oh there's there's fucking a uh, Colin Firth or oh, there's Mark Strong or the kind the kind of the kind of did the 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 top trumps of British the BBC yeah. yeah and it's like right you start off with Colin Firth oh there's the guy who plays Moriarty and, and, and then you go up up the ladder of yeah. okay well well. Colin Firth's quite big, so but don't he's, don't he's, waste the last one. I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste any of them apart from Colin Firth because he's right at the start. You kind of you get the right Colin Firth. Oh, he must be the big guy that's in this, and then oh, I know that guy for that program. Yeah. Oh wait, I know that guy for that program. He's slightly more <clears> famous <throat> than him. Oh, he's slightly more famous yeah. than him. Yeah. Oh, there's the most famous one of them. It's like all, all the kind of yeah. It's like yeah. could have could have done without that. I feel because like okay, none, it, none it, those, it didn't bother me, but none of those parts were particularly memorable or stand out, and it just felt like, a, oh, there he is. Yeah, I know you've not really said anything about this. Yeah, tell time. me. What's your opinion? Uh, I thought as a technical, uh, from a technical aspect, I thought it was a hell of an achievement. Uh, I thought Deacons uh, did very well. Uh, I liked the way the camera moved. Yeah, it's obviously not going to be in real time because I mean they play with time as well. Um, and it's not going to be one take, but I thought it was fucking. Uh, I thought I thought what it said to do was brilliant. The fact they're in the IMAX, like uh, anytime you hear a bullet, it, you shat yourself. So I was like, I can't really 
I can't really say this enough, and that is like if you can watch it in the IMAX, then do it. Same as Dunkirk. I, I only I've only seen that in the IMAX, and I don't know if I could yeah, watch I've it. Only seen the IMAX. I noticed it came onto Amazon Prime this week. I don't know if I would want to watch it. Again. Kind of want to watch it again, but I just don't know how that would look. Yeah, it felt like I mean, an immersive experience. You've now got like a big 4K telly though, right? Yeah, but still. I, I would imagine that's still going to be pretty fucking impressive. It's mm. not an IMAX screen, yeah. but it's still like... Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I thought it was fantastic. Man. I thought it was, uh, it kind of lived up to what I thought it was going to be. The fact that there's big Hollywood stars in it doesn't, I'm not really that surprised. I thought uh, the f- uh, the fact that the two guys in it weren't big Hollywood stars, yeah. the main characters, yeah, I like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. The fact that Colin Firth is like, plays an elderly colonel or general, I didn't mind that. Uh, the other person, I won't um, ruin, I'm not surprised. Uh, again, I'd read that that person was going to be in it. Oh, uh, I, well, I had no surprise that he turned up. Yeah, there was a couple of other Brits. I was like, oh, he's in it, but it didn't really bother me. It didn't deter me from the story. Um, if anything, there was parts of the story where I was like, well, wait, we're now kind of at a standstill. We're like, you know, they're in a jeep. So how do we further this? How how do we move forward with this uh, and still try and keep momentum? And for me, it kept momentum from start to finish. There's a couple of times where they cheated it with time, uh, time wise, but it didn't bother me, um, because it didn't detract from uh, my enjoyment of the film. Because again, in terms of the costume design, the set design, the locations, I all thought it looked fantastic. Um, the props were great. Uh, that bit when they're going through the ruined city, like how Deacons did that, uh, and using the flares in terms of lighting the the, um, bit, that, I thought was fantastic. Just that scene alone, when that he first walks out mm-hmm. and those first flares go off. Mm. And the soundtrack is really oppressive. Yeah. It's a really oppressive soundtrack. Yeah. Especially considering it's, what he's just been yeah, through. Like yeah. seen before that. It was it, it gave that impression of this is really hell. Yeah. It, absolutely. It, it had an almost kind of like Dante's Inferno kind of feel to it. Yeah, I get that. So, um but yeah, all in all, um I was thoroughly impressed with um but yeah, like I'm, it, it's not perfect. Absolutely, there there are bits in it where I'm like, well, do we need that or should that? Would you have done that? Like, I, I, there's the bits German where, soldiers were all terrible shots. There's yeah, there's a Just lot of terrible. yeah, lot a lot of, of kind of stormtrooper type stuff. Yeah, shooting. but um, I think when when I came out of it as like as a technical achievement, that was fucking fantastic. Um, as a war movie, I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought the whole one shot thing was different because. <clears throat> not to say that you've seen one war movie, you've seen it them all, but Dunkirk did the same thing where it took the war movie and it it kind of shot it from a different perspective where you had land, sea and air and it was still trying to tell this different stories about the same event that's going on. Dunkirk's very much in the kind of similar feeling of films like Torah, Torah, Torah. Yeah, whereas, like, like don't get me wrong, I really enjoyed Hacksaw Ridge. I really enjoyed it. I still that, watched that. That, that feels like a traditional war movie yeah. it's like in terms of a Hollywood Look, war I, movie I'm not, I'm not but it's really well done it's I'm not really well acted it's really like, well made war movies are among some of the, the best movies I've ever seen like Platoon is fucking amazing mm-hmm. I, I'm not mm-hmm. trying to you know like diminish no, but, uh, this sort of, but again when you when I just you feel s- like this one didn't quite stand up to like on paper when you say right 1917 sorry we've got Sam Mendes alright you've got a quality fucking director you've got Deacon cinematography that's all quality what's the story Oh, it's these two guys that need to get from one end to the other and one's a brother. Immediately, like, all right, so what, Saving Private Ryan? Yeah. That's what you think of. You're like, right, well, we need to make this interesting. And by doing, like, trying to do it in the one-shot thing, and even just, like, as I said, I thought some of the sets were fantastic. Like, just the the, the constant moving of these characters, mm. like, that was enough to make it 
different and stand well, out. This, this is a movie that might have actually benefited from a attempt in the high frame rate thing. Because like the only bits that worked in the Hobbit movies were the bits where they were outdoors, and this is like yeah. almost entirely outdoors. Sorry, right, mate. You'll this, get you'll, this could have been the the movie to ease people mm-hmm. into that. You'll get your IMAX when Tanet comes out. That yeah. looks that looks really mm. good. Man. I think one of my one of the few things which maybe I would say is a detractor for me was a lot of the dialogue feels a wee bit stilted. It feels a lot of the time watching it, it felt like watching a play. As I, I could see that. I, again, though, that's uh, such a kind of small cast of characters. It's, yeah, that's always but no, a... it's mo- I'm feeling. I'm thinking more seeing the way that your two leads kind of delivered a lot of their lines. It was yeah. very much that. I'm going to say my thing. Mm-hmm. Pause. Yeah. Then you'll say your thing. Pause. Yeah. It, the, what it wasn't. It wasn't. Didn't feel there was bits. Of, it's just not a natural conversation. Yeah. I think like. I, I would agree with that and I think like Sam Mendes being from like a theatre background is probably yeah. like, the way we're going to film this we need to time it yeah. and even like just when you said like a play um, there's a part in the film where it certainly felt like well that be the intermission mm-hmm. yeah, because it, totally. it, play, it plays yeah. with that bit it's like right, that's your intermission go and get your wine your biscuits whatever come yeah. back act two and then that'd be it. Yeah. But yeah, again I, I, I understand what you're saying from it but for me it wasn't a bad thing again there's a it must have been really fucking hard to shoot this long in long bits. I mean, not even just as actors, but in a technical sense. Because I read that the guy that plays Moriarty in the show TV series, there's one, there's one point in the film he has to light a lighter, and yeah. he fucked that so many yeah, times that they had to go, go back folks, and do it. One of the cameos that we're not telling you about. Oh no, I'm <laughs> talking about the main cameo. I already, I already mentioned You already mentioned it. <laughs> and Mark Strong as well. I already yeah. mentioned it. Ah, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, like that bit, apparently he fucked that a couple of times and then they had to go all the way back and start again. And I'm like, man, that's yeah, a lot of pressure yeah. on an actor. And just like, have there team, been any films that have successfully done the entire thing in one shot yet? Nah. I know there's been one or two that have like done similar to this where it's presented as one shot, but there are actually points where uh, it breaks. Birdman's probably the closest. Um, there probably is, um, but again, there's a lot of times that they cheat it in a way. Susan yeah. Kane, in many a lot of time feels like it's supposed to be one shot, but they cheat it. Um, Birdman, that's another one. Uh, yeah, it's new. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. There's a good few of them, yeah. but uh, they're actually just one shot. They're yeah, actually one shot. Nineteen eighty two is Macbeth, Big Monday. Whoever the fuck Larry is. Uh, Mike Figgis is a film called Time Code. It's an interesting concept. Oh, Alexander Sukarov's Russian art. Like there's, that, yeah. there's like, there is something really appealing about that format, right? Because, I mean, this is like a more extreme version of the Before Sunrise <laughs> trilogy. But again, there's right? loads of bits where you're like, yeah, this just, there's just long winding shots of just them chatting. Um, but yeah. Uh, is there any, any more to say on 1917? We've kind of covered everything. Yeah, I'm pretty much done. As I, say, it's I, like, I, I think it's, it. it's, it's worth going to see, and if you can see it on IMAX, go yeah, and see, see it on IMAX. The, it's a fucking solid some money. movie. Yeah. yeah, Spend some money and see it in the best possible way, which, in yeah. my opinion, is the IMAX. I think the, the only part that's like a, a kind of bit of a disappointment, I, I think, is that I don't think it would have taken much more effort for this to be a great movie, but it's like it just kind of fell short of the mark in a, a few things. I think given just good. I think given the concept and the actual just the the treatment and plot of the films, like I think it it, it did everything it could have within what they were trying to do. Also, uh, my friend Craig Craig Balneve, he's been on the show a couple of times, mentioned that 
parts of this were actually filmed in Glasgow. Yeah, blatantly obvious. Yeah, I yeah. didn't realise that. How, uh, how could you not? <laughs> yeah, we were talking about it. Like, see the bit. I'm fairly sure the bit where, where he jumps the bridge. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that's um, it's the dry dock down dry at the science centre. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um. So is this movie of the week? Uh, I think this might be movie of the current decade. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, well, Bad Boys for Life yeah. is the sequel to Bad Boys 2 which came out how many years ago? 2003 So 16 years ago mm-hmm. and that's about how much time's passed in the movie as well right? Yeah oh, it's real yeah. time yeah. Uh, so it stars Martin Lawrence and, Big and Will Smith and uh, is, is Joe Pagliano yeah. he's the chief mm-hmm. or captain essentially Chelsea. just uh, the next the next step in it's essentially just bad boys too let's get a grab of ourselves here yeah. <laughs> it definitely so, it definitely goes down that road it's bad boys too but injected with some fast and furious and some and and the, they're old yeah yeah it's yeah. like, it's, like the, 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 the first, about getting old the first thing I said to Neil when we left the cinema was it was good it was enjoyable but it could have done with less man yells at cloud yeah yeah because um, so much of it hinged on them being fish out of water, which is like something we've already seen with a Die Hard when he was paired up with Justin Long, mm-hmm. and a what other fucking it's, it's, stuff has come it's, out. With it's like, whatever happens when some old dudes are, yeah, are, are, like, are, are hang, hanging on to a franchise, and in this case, trying to you know yeah. get like carry on. Uh, but yeah, it's so it's it's enjoyable. It's not a Michael Michael Bay didn't direct it, but did he not? I thought he did. No, he no, cameos in it. You know, I think Carnahan did all right. It's not Carnahan. No, Carnahan. No, it's um, did Carnahan write it? He co-wrote it. Yeah, right. it's um, it's Bilal and somebody else. I think they're two brothers, but <laughs> they they I know I didn't know who they were either. But uh, they've definitely watched. They've done their homework in terms of Michael Bay movies. See, see, in terms of the style of that film, I think it does really well to keep the aesthetic. Of the bad, of certainly the bad boys too. There's, yeah, bad there's boys. a lot yeah. less panning shots though, and yeah. a lot more just ridiculous quick cuts. Well, there's like at one point I turned to you oh, and fucking laughed. Gun. Yeah, it's oh, like it, it, it cuts about twenty times in the space of three yeah. seconds. At one point, it's like what the fuck yeah. is going on? And then I laughed out loud when I'd done the bad boy shot, where it's like a, a kind of low Aye, rising shot, and the two of them kind of getting in a position. Get the shot. But Aye. at the same time, Michael Bay, who cameos in this, got. His yeah. own shot on yeah. him, a mm-hmm. very kind of nothing moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was fairly entertaining. It, Does, it's a solid enough action film. It's an entertaining enough action film. I don't know if I would describe it as solid. It, 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 <laughs> again, when we were talking about Fast and Furious, it borrows a lot of logic from those films. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong, Bad Boys One and Two. Having after watching. Um, Bad Boys for Life, I then rewatched Bad Boys 1 and 2, and the plot and a lot of the ideas in that are sketchy. This is... That Bad Boys 1 is not the greatest of films. No, it's not, but it's still entertaining. Bad Boys 2 is a highly entertaining movie, but a lot of it is just, so, well, that's convenient, yeah. and that's right, right. but so, again, because so you're not really caring about it, you're just like, let's fucking see some shit blow up. This one does the complete 
cliche thing. Like right now, I can't think of examples of this. I just know it's cliche, though. I know I've seen mm-hmm. it a million times where uh, it gets to like the third instalment or something, and all of a sudden there's like a gigantic part of somebody's life that no one has ever mentioned before that comes back to bite them in the ass. Yeah, in uh, the shape and form and, of and, an ex lover or and, fucking and family having, member. Having or, watched the first, this rewatched the first second one. It doesn't make any it's sense. Yeah, it's yeah, like it's in 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 the lore of that character. It's like nope. It it would yeah. have been mentioned. Yeah. This doesn't make sense. But let's have it anyway. Yeah. It also starts off in a way that is really suggestive that supernatural shit is about to take place. Yeah, and I was kind of worried, but also willing to go with it. Uh, but well, it doesn't really turn to, out that to, way. Though. To be fair, some supernatural shit does take place does it though no I'll tell you what it is because at one point a building blows up and you see it from three different right. angles and folk I mean, do not die but that's movie logic <laughs> yeah. rather than like actual yeah. like ghosts and paranormal and, yeah, shit and voodoo or shit or brujas as they keep fucking the, the word they learn and like to fucking throw in their face they constantly. really do love throwing that word in there but yeah I mean the, the, the basic plot of the film is that um, Martin Lawrence is getting old and um, and he wants to settle down and just be with his family, whereas Mac Lowry isn't wanting to do that, but, you know, he's getting old and he gets lectured on, well, when are you going to settle down? You know, why you, you let, you've you let maybe some of the best pe- uh, people go by you. What's, what's that about? And then the film kind of kicks in when there's nearly a big tragedy, but yeah. you know, it's so, not going to happen. Someone from his past has got a grudge against him and wants him to suffer, so they take out the people around him yeah. before going for him. Shit unfolds. Yeah. Cue car crashes, uh, gun fights, yeah. and rocket launchers. Yeah. Again, I cool, for, cool I guys forgot. Doing cool guy things. Cool I've, guys doing cool right, guys things. You, right. I don't. I'm gonna ask you, Paco, because you you probably know this. Do you remember? Because I'm gonna get to again this fun. It's not even a Michael Bay thing, but it's a fun thing they like doing the Bad Boys movies. Do you remember the name in Bad Boys Two of their of Mike Lowry and Marcus Burnett's actual? team that they're part of. I mean, they're part of the Miami PD, but they're part of a a tactical team. I, I can't remember what they're called Bad Boys 2. They've right. got the stupidest name in Bad Boys 3. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. I mean, like, They're called the Tactical Narcotics Team. The TNT. TNT right. Whereas in Bad Boys for Life, they're just known as Ammo. 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 <laughs> yeah. And you're like, great. Who are like... Again, just the most fucking cliched, ham-fisted oh, yeah. uh, additions to I the team. I can't the laugh. I don't know, I had a good laugh when that big boy turned into Roman Reigns at the end. Yeah, and, yeah. And they were like, well... I haven't like, seen Hayley Hudgens in a wee while. Yeah, she just kind of is like, let's give her a gun and she'll have a timer. And they even make a high school musical joke yeah. as well, which was kind of funny. Was she like the weapons specialist, like chick who can do all shit, or was she like the head of the unit? She was the young girl. Yeah, she the was younger the young girl one. with the, the kind of undercut. Yeah, yeah she was fine. fine. I, was, was everybody, the, everybody was relatively fine. Was the the head of the unit like women? I've done. I've no idea who the actress is. Like, was she in anything before? I can't remember, man. I I I, I don't. No, was I'd, a, have to, I'd have I to MDB I don't it. Her from there was a few points where I thought it was a really buff Jennifer Connolly, but like, I was pretty sure by what? the end of the movie that it was. I don't know, that woman could emote a bit better. Yeah, I agree with that. I, yeah, man, this movie has like a lot of really buff women in it. Like They're all like Madonna in that one video. <laughs> right. I, what? I'm guessing. You know, no, that? Like, I'm, no, I'm just. Yeah, I know there was a lot of buff women, yeah. You could yeah. tell that those but, women were like working out like a yeah. lot, man. But again, they're part of like a tactical 
forced no, teams. No, 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 not no, just, just, in, just like, in general. In even, general, even right. like the the Bruja was like very much like fucking hell, man. You put some work in, oh, right? She was prison fit. Yeah, prison fit. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, there was. Uh, it was entertaining. It, it it again like the Fast and Furious. It like just you just watch it, and in the climate that we're we're now in the Fast and Furious climate. It's now Will Smith. I think has looked at that and has thought, we'll see this bad boy franchise. <laughs> Maybe we yeah. can restart it using the old Fast and Furious tactics, as in we've got the, the family peanut. element, we've got the group element. Let's and they yeah. leave it open ended where this could continue as a franchise. They kind of shot themselves in the foot a wee bit, though. I would agree with that. They backed themselves in a corner with a couple of things. Well, the thing I was going to point out though is that like this is the third one in the series and mm-hmm. called it Bad Boys for Life, but really it should have been the fourth one in the series and called Bad Boys for Life. Well. I, I think they're waiting to see what the returns are on this. This will make money. I mean, it's yeah, a familiar franchise. Green lit, a fourth one. There you go. There and we you all know go. how that's going to go. Hey, uh, <laughs> the, first, the first two movies, <laughs> uh, have you just been a while since I've seen them? And I'm guessing everybody's kind of more sensitive to this now than they were in the past, right? But at several points in this film, I was like, well, morality's just out the fucking window. Because, like, Will Smith does stuff constantly, and uh, Martin Lawrence, for instance, like, you guys are bad cops, though. Oh, you yeah. Guys are bad. Like, I mean, not just bad boys, well, well, but, like, Will you guys Smith should in be in prison. Yeah. yeah. As a terrible policeman. Yeah. yeah. Like, he should be in jail. Yeah. And fired, yeah. obviously, because he's been in jail. Uh, yeah. But, but I, I think, again, if you rewatch Bad Boys 1 and 2, especially 2, there is. They do shit where that is a declaration of war. Oh, yeah, well, they are. Well, they do they do that in this as well. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Is so like, for this, this is nothing new. It's for, just it's like I don't know. But I'm the same. I'm like, I'm why trying, they I'm trying so hard to talk around the third act because like, yeah, because I want to kind of talk it's like about the least important thing in the film. Yeah, but but I kind of want to talk about the third act bit as well without saying don't, anything. Don't know without saying don't anything. Know. Well, they're uh, very, oh, as, they're, in, as in the reveal of the first No, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah. I'm not going to say the reveal, but I'm just going to say they're very forgiving of things exactly. after the reveal. And I'm like, wow. That's what I was going to yeah. say. I, like, I cared about something, but now I, I'm not supposed to care it's, about it. It's that. like, yeah. hey, when, when that happens, I, like, I was like, <laughs> how are they going to talk about this one? One sentence. <laughs> just yeah. one sentence. Yeah, I was like, like holy okay. shit. Holy shit. Yeah. I, yeah. And again, there's. I'm pretty sure. I I said this to you. There's a bit where they're they're in they're in a building, and from three different angle exterior angles, it blows up, and un, everybody be cooked to fuck. And then it cuts back in, and they're all right. There's a bit with, uh, two characters are using a table as a shield, and then when they walk away from it, I mean, I guess somebody chucked a grenade, but the table just blows up, and I'm like. <laughs> I didn't see Emily throw shit, and then in the uh, last fifteen minutes of that film is a wild. Yeah, and then sh- and then shy buff guy turns into Roman Reigns, and I'm like, I, I, la- I laughed. Like, oh, when he did the thing, happened, when he did yeah, the thing, I was like, he does the thing. Yeah, I was like, mate, I don't give a fuck what Spe- you're made of. Yeah, especially ridiculous considering he had a gun, had a clear shot, and that's what he decided to do. They kind of <laughs> do, you this, do you they stole that bit. All right, I was like, see buff, buff shy guy that turns up to be a badass. That is, I, it's as if they just watched The Rock's Welcome to the Jungle and stole that because The Rock doesn't Rock like, does that, yeah. he doesn't like guns, but see by the end, he fucking knows how, he, he's using his uh, muscles to, you know, cock the cock guns them. and it, he's fucking belting pillars and all kinds, man. And it's like, this guy just did the same thing. They just watched that film and says, do that. Yeah. Man, I should watch Welcome to the Jungle again. Uh, yeah, decent effort, yeah. man. Hey, I, I, really, I love the bit in that film. Because or for our American audiences, The Rundown. I love like that film where Christopher Walken tells the story about the tooth fairy. 
Oh, I remember that. Don't tell me the one we'll probably watch it again. Chris, Christopher Walken is just he he could not have had an easier paycheck. Yeah. He, well, Wedding Crashers is an easier paycheck yeah, than that, but it, at that point it's just like me. He didn't. He's just kind of walk about. I really liked the uh, the kind of minor cameo from previous movies of like an actor that returned. Oh, um, yeah, right um, the start. Yeah, and that, that, I thought that was really like, good that they brought yeah. him back for that. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Because I, like I, I remember I, I leaned to you and goes. See if that's not big. I'm going up the road, and it was. It yeah. was. <laughs> um, did you know? Like I didn't know this happened, but Gabrielle Union's character in the second one. Mm-hmm. Do you know that she had her own spin-off yeah, TV show? Yeah, spin-off. It's her and Jessica Biel. Uh, Jessica Alba. Oh, it's Alba. And Sorry. I, and I read a bit. <laughs> about it, and, I, and I think that I think that didn't last long. But what was it called? Oh, I can't remember, but bad girls. No, but it was was it not? I think it's the it's set in LA, isn't it? Yeah, but I I knew that that show was happening. I didn't know that she's her character from Bad Boys Two, yeah, where right. she's got her own tactical unit in LA, and Jessica was like her her Will Smith, I guess. I don't right. know. But uh, yeah, it was entertaining though. But it was a fucking mess. Like yeah, it was LA's ah, finest. LA's finest. It, it has, is. It has nineteen episodes so far. I, I think that if you like Bad Boys 1 and 2 and you like the current Fast and Furious movies I find it difficult to believe you would watch this and not like it mm-hmm. if you're looking for a film that makes sense this isn't the one for you oh okay what's the what, what you use uh, you just oh, showed that, me that, some that's not who I thought it was no it's not I, 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 I thought one. that was Alfonso Ribeiro I know you did it totally uh, looks like him yeah. uh, basically he was just showing me the IMDB cast list for uh, Gabrielle Union Jessica Alba's spin off show from oh, this and, oh uh, Christ Jake Busey's on it it must be bad yeah Ernie Hudson's in it and, uh, Jake Busey's been in some good stuff he used to be in good stuff yeah he used to be in good stuff um, like, he's not good in anything that I can think of Starship Troopers no he's not good in that I think he's pretty good in that uh, the Frighteners thought he was decent in that I haven't seen that no he's decent in the Contact aye he does he comes and does what he's supposed to do and then you know I mean, when he shows up and that happens, that's at the downward spiral of the film. Can I say as well, like, uh, did I say Happy New Year to everybody at the end of last uh, show because I was that drunk, I don't remember. I don't know, because it wasn't the New Year yet, so probably not. You may have said, have a Happy New Year, I don't know. Yeah, more likely I will have said that. Mm. I meant to wish people a Happy New Year. I'd had two bottles of wine by the end of the show. Uh, so, like, I don't know if I got there or not. Aye, just looking at it now because I figured we're kind of done though, right? Yeah, we're I think that was it. Yeah. So have we got this week, Tommy? Anything? Um, David Copperfield, Armando Iannucci's David Copperfield, oh, which I will decent, happily yeah. watch. I'm going to ca- try and catch Just Mercy, and I think the unlimited show of Parasite is on. It's at, the 24th that is on. Which is Friday? It is Friday. It's like 8 o'clock at night. But it'll, be, it'll, be, sold, it'll out. be sold out to the fucking max. I'm planning on watching... Seven Samurai hmm. uh, and the original Battle Royale before next week as well. But um, I don't really know that I'd have anything much to say about them. But the original Battle just, Royale, yeah. just as in Battle Royale. Yeah, but there's like loads of them though, right? No, there's two of them. There's Battle Royale and Battle Royale. Like oh, really I don't want to say Redux, but it's something like that. No, it's just it's a director's cut. You oh, still right. haven't seen Seven this Samurai? Song, this one I've got in the house. Hmm. And no, I've... I'm ashamed to say I've never seen a Kurosawa film. You want to watch it? Uh, I will at some point, yeah. Not tonight, though. Within the next week? Mm, yeah, it should be over. <laughs> uh, I'll see what else is. And there's a couple of... Cause I'm, I think I'm going to start Fleabag because everybody's fucking going on about it. I, I watched a couple of episodes of that and I just could not get into it. 
Everybody I've spoken to. I don't, to I don't think I'm middle it. class enough for it. You're pretty middle class. I'm, I'm pretty well. middle class. Like, you look like a guy who shops at a waitress. He does shop at waitress. I, I have from time to time, yes. Oh, the, the new Grudge films out in Friday. That looks shite. That was crap. Oh, there's two Parasite screens. Let's see. Oh, shit. When's that out? Friday. No, the unlimited oh. screens on Friday. Why? It's uh, February. Yeah. I still haven't seven? seen. Uh, I still haven't seen Little Women. I don't know if that's still in there. Yeah, it's still going. That was on yesterday, at least. I know how much. Aye. Uh, David Copperfield and maybe Just Mercy. I'll catch them. But regardless of the films that are coming out next Aye. week, we might not even do a show then. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. it's been three weeks apparently since the last one. Yeah. This has been wrapped in the kitchen. Thanks for listening. We made it this far, especially people in America who. You know, so, seem consistent. How's it going, guys? Uh, catches, catch us, catch you later. If they want to get in touch with you, Tommy, where can they get in touch with you? Um, at Vast Destruction on Twitter, and then like we've got that at Raptors Podcast uh, Twitter as well. When was the last time you were on Twitter? Uh, I actually went on it the other day, and I just can't really get into yeah, it. Yeah, I still hate it. Don't bother getting in touch really with get me. Into it, over yourself, Neil. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm around. <laughs> and uh, that's it <laughs>